You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast I designed to help you thrive and save your relationship no matter where you are in that relationship. It is about building a thriving relationship. And in order to get to that thriving relationship, you got to make sure it survives. And that's what we're here to talk about. And one of the things that we have to understand is that these relationships, these marriage relationships, are the central relationship in an adult life. And therefore, they're so important for us to work on. That's what started this podcast a number of years back. Just checked it out, and I think we're downloads are now well over four and a half million downloads. And that tells me one thing there are lots of people who are trying to figure out the best way to have their best marriage, to figure out their way through. And one of the things I've said is hey, if you've got a question, I want to try to answer it. Now, I'm going to make this offer to you. If you've got a question in your mind, and it's what I call the Goldilocks question, right? where it's not so broad like how do I save my marriage that's a big broad question which I answer in my save the marriage system nor is it so specific that it would only apply to you because lots of people are listening to this podcast but if that's something you have in mind then you can send me that question at podcast at save the marriage.com that's podcast at save the marriage.com I've got one of those questions today and so this person has something of a um, kind of a specific name. So I'm going to just say R. R wrote me a letter and says, we're currently in an in-house separation decided by both of us during a heated discussion. But I came to realize that I don't really mean that, which is always the case, meaning didn't want a separation. So my question is, how could I take back the strong slash attacking slash hurtful words I've said to my wife? I feel like I've neglected my wife's feelings through the years and continue on working on myself. Feels like I'm neglecting her feelings more than ever. So working on himself would feel like he's neglecting the feelings more than ever. And so the the central question to this email was, what do I do about those words I said that I don't mean? But I want to break down a little bit and go to the background. In my Save the Marriage system, in the Quick Start Guide, I include eight different levels or stages of a crisis. And there's a big jump in those stages. It's not like they're equidistant apart, right? It's not like you go one, then one, same step, and then two, same step, and then three is the same step. There's a big jump point. It's kind of like a ledge. And the ledge is separation. Now, R talks about being in an in-house separation, and for most people that means that you're you know, deciding to live in different parts of the house, perhaps, sometimes to interact at mealtime, sometimes just to have completely separate schedules so you don't bump into each other. Maybe you choose that because of economics, or you choose that because of practicality, or kids, and, and all those other factors that come in. There is a big shift, though, in, when you separate. There, there's that shift but the big shift is when it's an out-of-house separation and there's a very simple reason when you go from in-house to out-of-house separation I see it as a big jump and that is the difficulty in reconnecting now you have two entirely distinct households 
You're not running in each other, not living your life in coordination. In fact, most of what I have seen is that when people are separating, in many ways, they're kind of doing a dress rehearsal for divorce. Now, they may not end up divorced, but that's kind of the, the dress rehearsal is there. And, and so because of that, there's a big jump. You know, you're kind of testing the waters. What would it be like to be separated? I want to see if I could do it is kind of what comes out in an in-house separ- or an out-of-house separation. So an in-house separation, a little bit different. So R, that's good. That, that plays in your favor of working on things. It's, it's a better idea for people. And you talked about what you called a heated discussion. So let's call the heated discussion you had an argument, right? And I would just ask a question, why did it become so heated? Because conflicts are going to be a part of any, any close relationship, any intimate relationship where there is some bearing on the future that each person has, right? So when I have business partnerships and different things, we might have a heated discussion, uh, at, but let's say an energetic discussion, because we may disagree on the future and it impacts us both. We've got to figure this out. It's very rare because I try to find people that I am um, well aligned with, and then we can have a discussion about the better paths to get where we want to get to. But, you know, these heated discussions are often because the conflict is not really about finding a better path forward. It's about proving someone right and proving someone wrong, right? It becomes a way of battling right and wrong, not better ways forward. And, and so one of the things that I often see from people is that when they, they tell me they had a heated discussion, it's because they got into an argument trying to win the discussion. An argument, in my definition, is two different people with two different opinions trying to convince the other person that you're right about your opinion. You want it to go your way. And that's what heats it up because we begin to draw back. And it's natural to get into that. It's just not helpful. It's just not healthy. And so part of what you're talking about is an inbaked conflict between the two of you. So now let's get back to the kind of the central uh, piece of this. And that is your discussion, how can you take back the strong slash attacking slash hurtful words that you said to your wife? Um, you can't. You can't take them back. Once they're out, they're, they're done, right? The, the, the hurt is there. And so you can't erase that memory. And so instead of worrying about how do you take them back, you, you, the real question is what do you do from here? And I think there are really three things that need to happen. One is an apology, and I mean a true apology, not a I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings, I'm sorry if that upset you, but I'm sorry I said that, right? Apologizing for your actions, not the person's feelings. That's the first thing. In fact, one of the things I created long ago that I I share with my coaching clients is my apology letter formula. It's a way of writing a letter uh, because I I find a letter to be powerful. It's something I teach. In fact, I think I have about three, maybe four, four and a half hours of training in my VIP program just on how to write that, that letter because it's so important, both for you and for your spouse. That letter is a piece that that is true both ways. And so uh, an apology, a heartfelt apology, a full apology, I think is the first step. And, and it, whether that's a letter or verbally, uh, my concern is verbally, they often get 
off track. Uh, and that's why I encourage the letter. But uh, an apology is first step. The second one is making amends. Pick, making amends means you're, you're fixing the damage done as much as you can. Um, if I um, break a glass, an amends would be replacing the glass if at all possible, right? Uh, I also did a training on that with my VIP people because I find it to be such an important and neglected piece of an apology. Many times people just want to go, oh, I'm so sorry, and move on. Making amends is making a difference. Then the last thing is making changes, personal changes, so that you don't do that again. I also have a core belief that if you apologize for something and then you repeat that behavior, you've erased the apology. You can apologize again and work harder on it. We make mistakes, and, and there's always um, you know, room for us to try to make, um, make it move forward in different ways as, as we've come to understand. But you got to make a change. If I keep doing the same thing over and over again, and all I'm doing is apologizing when I do it, I'm not making any changes, which basically I'm saying I don't really care about the behavior. It just bothers me. It bothers you. Right. Instead of saying, I've got to change the behavior, I've got to make a difference. And that brings us to your last thing. And that is that you put a dichotomy in here that you're either having to work on yourself or work on the relationship. So you say, I feel I've neglected my wife's feelings through the years and continuing on working on myself feels like I'm neglecting her feelings more than ever. So let me correct that. There is no dichotomy there. It's not one or the other. You can do both. You can work on yourself and work on your relationship. In fact, I think that's real life, not therapy world, real life where we can actually take on multiple things and work on ourselves, work on relationships, work on how we react, work on the love. Work. So many places that we could do personal development and relational development and, in fact, I believe that if you're doing the real work of working on yourself, you also will be improving yourself in relationship. We don't, we, we don't make ourselves in a vacuum. We are relational at our heart as humans. And so if you find yourself in, in some setting where they say, oh, you've got to work on yourself first before you ever work on the relationship, they are completely off base. Working on yourself includes working on you in relationship and the relationship all at the same time. So just to repeat there just for a minute are, what do you do to take back those words? You can't. You have to move forward. And I think the better way to do that is to think about those three stages of apology, amends, and change. So make your apology, make your amends, make your changes. And then recognize that if you find yourself working on yourself in isolation, you're, you're probably already missing the important part of that, that you can work on yourself and your relationship. All right. We are uh, at a good place to kind of put a pause in this. If you've got a question, though, remember, if it's that Goldilocks question, send it in to uh, podcast at savethemarriage.com, podcast at savethemarriage.com. And I would love to hear your question and see if it fits in for us so we can answer it in the future. Um, and if you need some help now, 
uh, one of the fundamental pieces for me is that Save the Marriage system. You can find it at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.